How's it going? Not too bad. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to watch some Beware of Dog. Woo. Woo. Hey, everybody, Beware welcome. Of <laughs> welcome to Chaos Sever. I am your host, Jonathan Gilchrist. That guy over there, he's the dog you should be afraid of. That's our device. Yeah, you get to get it. Woof, woof. And uh, today we are watching Dare to Be in Your House, Beware of Dog. If you're watching on the Peacock Network, which I think is the only way you can watch it, uh, yeah. it's season two, episode three. Well, um, unless you're in like the UK or whatever, then you can. Then you still have the WWE app. Then it should be May 28th, 1996 is the date of the pay-per-view. So that'll help you find it. There you go. All right. And um, I've got it all set up. Are you good to go at zero? Oh, uh, yes, sir. All right, and we're going to hit play in three, two, one, play. Boop. The World Wrestling Federation, for over 11 weeks, the recognized force in sports entertainment. No? No one else? Jericho Appreciation Society? Uh, the new yeah. generation. I didn't really get the, the you know, the real the accent, you know? Sports <laughs> entertainment. Sorry, I'm not good with accents. I think we all figured that out. Pronounce the T at the end. Entertainment. Yeah, I got to really go for the T. A little better. So it's a pretty straightforward pay-per-view, actually. I read up on, like, the matches, and it's pretty much one-to-one, like, following up what happened at WrestleMania. So there's not, like, a lot of build-up. I mean, all this stuff with the British Bulldog happened in between the two pay-per-views, but WWE is good about giving you, like, a whole, you know, thing about that so mm-hmm. yeah of dog. this actually marks the end of uh, the million dollar corporation this uh, particular oh. episode oh I should mention it before we get into it because it, I do remember this match really well and it does play into a lot of stuff that happens right after um, on the free for all which was the pre-show for Derby back in the day in case you didn't know uh, was a match between the Smoking Guns and the then tag team champions, uh, the Godwins. Wow. I think they were the tag team champions. By the way, it was for the title. And this is the one where Sonny starts the whole um, distracting Vinius thing. And uh, wow. yeah, that whole storyline that plays out, which for an awkward kid like myself is like, oh, don't don't make fun of Vinius. Don't, don't do it. But <laughs> it's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it just makes me so sad because I was such a sad, sad person even at this age. Anywho. Oh, look at, look at this roguish gentleman who will probably never amount to anything. French-Canadian, if you will. No. He looks like a real destroyer. Or, and a terror. That is that is one terror that is certainly rising. There we go. That was, I said destroyer and I meant rising. Ah, well. Yeah. Um, this got set up at WrestleMania. If you remember, uh, Mark Merrow was doing his backstage interview and Hunter yep. Stumsley comes and attacks him. So that's why this match is happening. Whoa. 
Also, um, Hunter had been in WCW long enough that he's fought uh, Johnny B. Bad about a hundred times at this point because everybody fought Johnny B. Bad. So it's just a good place for him to start. She she looks very unimpressed with being there. So, kind of a side topic, but staying on the WWE topic. Yeah. Uh, what's the next? Uh, what's the next extinct wrestling pay per view to become a faction? <laughs> um, let's see. I'm gonna guess. Beware no of mercy. dog. Oh, beware of dog would be good, but who would be their leader? I mean, you could start calling. Uh, Butch a pit bull, and then you could make him the leader, and it'd be beware of dog because he's the pit bull. There you go. By the way, how do you feel about Gunther being a uh, intercontinental champion? Uh, it's fine. Yes, <laughs> it's a thing that happened. Yeah, sure. I, it's, I don't know. it's 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 WWE. So if I'm being completely honest, I don't care. That's that's fair. And hey. I'm gonna. Can I just take a minute to say Sable was much more attractive before all the plastic surgery? Mm-hmm. Just, just gonna put that out there. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that. Uh, oh, what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah, you they've care. already watered Walter down. Yeah, quite a bit. So I don't really care. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm right there with you. I got, uh, I got into an, uh, not really an online argument, but I commented under something about the. Do you remember the promo that Triple H did about going and tweeting when you're a mark um, and everything? You're going to tweet your displeasure. It was like eight years ago. It was on Raw. Well, I made a comment like, well, nothing has changed since then. And I just said that. I'm like, I know no one cares, but I really did stop watching. And somebody had to point out, well, you're still talking. I'm like, well, yeah, that's mostly for the podcast. I really don't care anymore. If yeah. I were just a fan, I would not be paying attention at all to there to be. Yeah, it's really, oh God, it's so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> I did see a meme about Judgment Day that made me laugh. It, uh, it said, welcome to, it was a, uh, who's lies anyway? It said, welcome to WWE, where the title reigns can last two years, but factions will break up in less than two months. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's not a horrible move, Finn Balor being the leader, but like that could have been a six-month arc. Also, Mark Merrow just tried to kill himself and Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the show we're actually watching. So if I'm like if I'm correct about this, because I did look into it, we're not gonna notice any kind of like interruption from a blackout. Basically, they've edited them together. But if you want to know the story. There was this match the first night, and then um, there's a Caribbean strap match between uh, uh, Steve Austin and uh, Savio Vega, and it was in the mm-hmm. middle of that match is when the power goes out, but they basically just picked that up starting on night two and redid both matches, so there shouldn't be any oh. noticeable edit in here where they lost power. Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting thing that like they just redid the matches and you could do that back then <laughs> without the internet blowing up. It'll be interesting to look at the crowd though and see if the crowd looks any different. Yeah. It might not though, because I think they redid both they did Marrow's match over, so this might all be from night two as far as I know. Oh, really? Yeah, we'll see uh-huh. if it changes. Yeah. 
But yeah, the the strap match I also remember as being a very, very good match. It's probably the highlight of the pay-per-view because I can still remember it years later. Uh, And it does have some really big storyline implications that do affect WCW. Oh, woo. Woo. Oh, Mark. I mean, somebody's got to have a storyline that that impacts something if WCW is not going to do it themselves. They're getting there. Like, Scott Hall's already made the jump at this point. They're starting to do storylines. I mean, if we're being honest, even at their height, storylines weren't exactly a thing for them. Yeah, no, they weren't really good at it, honestly. Because they couldn't... The problem was they could never, like, have anyone win definitively, so it makes the actual story hard to tell. Exactly, yeah. And even though I do love the NWO, and it is really cool, because it was um, a concept that had never been tried before, it ends up just not working out because everybody watched it as a storyline, like for a faction and didn't realize what they were trying to do was a different company. So that just sort of becomes a weird amorphous thing that doesn't really play into too much later on. Right. But we're going to watch it all eventually. So, well, uh, I think I've told this story before, but now that we're finally at the Mark Marrow um, premiere on pay-per-view, when uh, Mark Marrow got the job with WWE, reportedly it's because Vince loved the Johnny Bad character. Yeah. He he was in love with the character. He did not realize all of that character and all of its, like, parts were basically dusty brainchilds. So when he got Marrow, it's like, he can't, one, he can't do the character because it wasn't his idea, really. And two, it was just hard for Mero to recreate that under any other name. So that's why Mero kind of fizzled out really quickly. That and the fact that Vince saw dollar signs the moment he met Sable. But that's another story entirely. Well, and other stuff, probably. Right, well, yes. Other stuff besides dollar signs. We've all seen the meme of him falling back in the chair um, <laughs> on the table. Yep. Oh, some just brilliant new generation wrestling right here. No, yeah, absolutely. I don't know exactly how, because Sable did start off as a Hunter Hearst Helmsley girl. I don't know exactly when they made the jump. It was sometime over the last month in between that Sable became a Mark Marrow ballet. Mm. Maybe Jerry Lawler just made her feel uncomfortable when she came out with Hunter. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> oh, see, see, look at the storytelling. He can't do the backslide because he hurt his arm earlier in the match. Also, Jerry, you don't have to yell right in the young lady's face. Right? Good Lord. I'm sure that they'll probably be pointed out, but did you see that Mula and Mae Young are in the front row behind Jerry Lawler there? No, I didn't. Yeah. It's hard not to notice uh, Mula. She's very distinctive. It's <laughs> one way to put it. Another way is that she may or may not have prostituted other uh, female wrestlers throughout the years, but let's not get into be, uh, Dark Side of the Ring too much. If, by the way, that's a recommendation. If you, if anybody hasn't watched the Dark Side of the Ring about uh, the fabulous Moolah, it's really worth sitting down and watching. There's some really 
interesting. Yeah. Especially like when they get into the first African American female wrestler, like, and how Mula kind of fucked up her whole life, but she still mm-hmm. has the distinction of being the first African American female wrestler. Yeah. Very interesting, but also very sad as much of the dark side of the ring is. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty part of the course for that series. Oh. Oof. Oh, just working over the arm as one would do to set up for the pedigree. <laughs> so actually, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, based on the timing, this has to be it. Um, Triple H is in the middle of being punished right now or is about to start being punished. Uh, yeah. He had been undefeated, but the curtain call has happened. And uh, yep. they can't punish Sean, so they're going to punish him. Yeah, no, that's. I think that's part of the reason that he lost the Ultimate Warrior the way he did, is it's part of the punishment of, you know, getting right. fucked over because of that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Look at that awesome armbar that looks so effective. Let's all remember, in 96, this was actually innovative to use that kind of cross-arm breaker. Um, If you can't tell by the crowd, they are in South Carolina. So... (laughs) Not making a joke about anybody specifically, but I just noticed a lot of trucker hats in the area. Not a good idea to insult all of our South Carolina fans. I saw um, through our analytics, I don't even know what this means, but we did have a larger than nothing percentage of people in Germany. That's cool. To us. Yeah. Like we're still mostly American, but there is like actual percentage points in different countries that it's not just like less than 1% showing up in our analytics. So you can tell a lot of the, mar- the people in the crowd are marks that are throwing up the click sign. Yeah. <laughs> so many. Just so many. Uh, There's a few dudes who have not seen one second of this match and have just been staring right at the backside of Sable. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're there, might as well take advantage, right? Yeah. Some 13-year-old boys are finding out some stuff to like besides wrestling. Mm-hmm. I just think it's funny. Yeah, I just think it's funny. You can just see a, a few guys that are in the front row that where if you ask them that same night, oh, how was the, uh, the Hunter-Miro uh, match? They'd be like, the what match? Yeah. <laughs> You could probably ask them the same thing. How was the tag team title match on the free for all? The what now? The what now? <laughs> uh, the the yes, the match. Right, that was very bouncy. Very very bouncy. Very <laughs> right. tight. Very tight. Clean match. Yes. Uh, oh, I, athleticism. Yeah, you gotta give Mero credit. That was actually a pretty impressive roll up. Yep. Shut up, cat. And the dude was athletic. 
No, no, ever, ever, no doubting that. Ever. Yeah, he just had like the personality of a block of wood most of the time. Yep. And a wife that was way hotter than him. Not quite like DDP because DDP had the personality, but still in the same ballpark as far as wife quality. Hmm. Uh, I was about to make the joke. Certainly something DDP would never know about. Right. I mean, at least he had the personality. That, that That's something. And, hey, uh, he, and he held on to his wife a lot longer than Mark Merrow did. So. Hmm. At least I think he did. I know, like, it was like 2007. It's way later than after WCW's gone before Kimberly and DDP broke up. I don't know exactly when Merrow and Sable broke up. Because um, I don't think it was like exactly as it happened on TV. You know what I mean? At the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know how long after it, was, it. It had to have been similar, though, right? It would have been. I would assume it'd be in the early 2000s because I think she basically started going out with Brock right after. Yeah. So I think it would have been like around 2002, maybe, or somewhere in that area. Right. Which would have still been before DDP and Kimberly, as far as my information tells me. Okay, well, how does that actually give you more leverage on the on that whole? Tell me that now, Triple H. Go ahead. He's a little busy. <laughs> He's busy trying to win a match, sir. Leave him be. Good, good crowd work there, by the way. Did you see him yelling at the people in the front row, telling the referee what he's doing? Yeah. That was good crowd work. I think this young Triple H lad might go somewhere someday. I don't know. I mean, he, he's not quite big enough to be a world champion, but still. Well, yeah, I mean. I think he's got to bulk up a little bit. Yeah, he might. I mean, I can see maybe like a U.S. title in his future, but other than that. Right. Maybe a king of the ring if they're like. Certainly never a world champion, though. No. I heard a bit of trivia speaking of world champions that I don't know is true because I didn't look it up, but it sounds cool. Apparently, Ric Flair is actually a 17-time world champion. Oh, really? Um, yeah, back in the 70s, he traded the belt with, um, oh, I can't remember the name, it's a, a famous Japanese wrestler that's actually in the WWE Hall of Fame. And because that guy got put into the WWE Hall of Fame, it made that title reign count in the WWE record books. And so it makes Ric Flair a 17-time champion. Huh. Yeah. I mean, not that Vince gives a fuck. He doesn't even know if there's a record book. Yeah. <laughs> and I, told, I don't know if I've told the story on here, but it, it's a really funny story about Vince McMahon in the rule book. Have I ever said that? Mm, I don't think so. So I can't remember exactly what the situation was, but Vince wanted to do an ending to a match, and somebody was like, Vince, we can't do that. It's against the rules. He's like, what do you mean it's against the rules? It's like, it's against the established rules. He's like, well, let me see it in the rule book. And they were like, you don't have a rule book. And then he made them go off for like a weekend and write a goddamn complete rule book for wrestling. Jesus. <laughs> oh, because he's a crazy person. What? No. Also tells you the, the different time. That head scissors would never get a replay now. 
Oh my god, Mark Marrow, he's he's uh, going wild. He's gonna be bad. Here we go. <laughs> I wanted to point out something, it's gonna be a while before we do Chaos Rainside, so I might as well do it here. Um I don't know if you caught this, but in the uh, on Dynamite, I think it was Dynamite, the uh, David Foley match or not David Finley match. David Finley? Yeah. Um, Jr. had a weird moment on commentary where he said, uh, "Listen, everybody, David Finley is much better than you think he'd be." Like, what the fucker? Like, that's exactly what he said. I'm like, what? Why would you say it like that? Like, I know no, I noticed that. that. Yeah, he literally said he's much better than you think he'd be. Ooh, that actually looked pretty bad. That was Meryl landing as me, everybody, in case you're not watching along. But yeah, no, it's just a weird moment. I don't know if it was like, I don't know. I don't know why he said it that way. It, it kind of came off as like condescending to David Finley. Yeah. Like, I think the idea was to like push him basically as the underdog in that match, but right. just not word it correctly. Yeah, no, I think it was like just, I think what he wanted to say was if you've never seen him, he's really good. It's kind of what he's getting at, but he has ended up saying it in a way that's like, I know he looks like he sucks, but it's not as bad as you think yeah. he is. Like, also at this point, he never got to use the shillelagh, but that's beside the point. Well, Triple H going to go ahead and tack a woman now because that's what he does with his life. Checks out. He is a Connecticut gentleman. He doesn't know anything about these BDSM and whips and such. <laughs> I mean, how can Mira win this? He's literally got one arm and one leg. Right? His terror is clearly rising. <laughs> Oh my god. Oof. I mean, that can be a finish. I don't I know it doesn't happen anymore, but when you overshoot it to hit the actual ring post, that makes sense as a finish to me. And Triple H continues his losing streak. Woo. And we're gonna recap <laughs> And we're gonna recap the free for all, I think. I think that's what they just said. Oh, the look on Sable's face. Uh, yes. Yes, her face. I know we're not this kind of show normally, but just out of curiosity, if you had to pick Kimberly or Sable? Kimberly. Okay. I think I'm right there with you. I don't know. Exactly, 100% why, but I think you made the right choice. Hey, look, there's the two-time Slammy War, but he knows Hart. Huh. Yeah. Diana always looked like she had crazy eyes to me. Yeah. I don't know. I, she looks a lot like the rest of her sisters. It's just something about her eyes always look kind of weird and like bugged out.
And I own heart just want to say I wholly support Adam Cole and Britt Baker winning a tournament in my name one day. That was weirdly prescient, Owen. Thank you. Yeah, I have a good feeling. I feel like this is the night for the Bulldog. I feel like he's going to finally be world champion. Yeah, absolutely. I don't see any other way this could end. I mean, we've all known it's kind of been a rough you know, month or so of Michaels being a champion. I think it's time to really try and change course here. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a weird um, – because it is only like an hour long, but that's it's about as long as it's supposed to be. The, that's the weird edit is that we're going to watch these two matches first and then go to what was actually first in the card. So, like, Mero and, uh, and Bulldog and Michaels were the things you didn't get to see on the first night of the pay-per-view, so they start this this night. And then they go to the other two matches that they redo or reshow. I can't remember. Interesting. Yeah. This night actually led to, it was the beginning of Shawn Michaels' frustration while he was champion. Is like, because uh, the company's in a bad place and we're going to see it continue to go downhill for quite a while here. And um, he gets a lot of the blame for that. And this is where he's in his cranky, asshole Shawn Michaels stage mm-hmm. probably more than any other backstage and part of it's like stuff like this where it's like oh first pay-per-view I'm champion we lose fucking power you know just bad omens and stuff like that yeah I love that the um, the uh Closed captioning, because you know he didn't say entertainment. He said Federation, but the closed captioning says entertainment. (laughs) It's pretty great. Jose Lothario, one of the most underrated managers of all of wrestling history. I have no idea why Sean thought it was a stupid idea to have him with an old Mexican man to manage him through his first title reign. Well, half the click is gone. Hunter's in trouble. One, two, three kids, like, on his way out the door. What, who the fuck are they supposed to be afraid of, Sean? <laughs> I would have been okay with that as a world title match in a pay-per-view with this era. Yeah, absolutely. They never, like, they wrestled a few times, but they never got to do really a program, and I think that's a shame. I really think it would have been cool. The only match I know of, because there might have been a couple, but the only match I really know of was on Raw, and it ended in no contest when Diesel got involved. Mm. Mr. Perfect and Michaels. That's all everybody wanted to see. 
I'm making shiver. Why are they putting the <laughs> subtitles to the theme music? Yeah, so this is, I guess, the original. And I guess, I don't know. I'm, I still guess we have to wait and see. But I guess we're going back after this to the other two matches because there should only be like four matches on the card. Right. <laughs> Diana's showing some really good acting there. Ooh, that's Shawn Michaels. <laughs> they're really they're really selling the playgirl spread that we all know what he did. <laughs> hey look, it's uh Theodore Long before he was not Theodore Long. Right. Actually, um, if I remember the story correctly, Clarence Mason is a fucking um, knock on Clarence Thomas that Vince got pissed off at because of something in the news in the mid-90s and blah, blah, blah. So he made a weaselly um, lawyer character to make fun of that. I don't know the whole story because it's all very stupid and all very Vince McMahon, you know, shit. Mm. But it's something close to that. She's really trying to absorb this information to Clarence Thomas. <laughs> this is the first time she's hearing any of it. So she's like, huh. Yeah. Interesting story they made up. Okay. Got it. Right, right, right. This is how humans react in this situation. Yes, yes, of course. Oh my god, it's like the Wardlow storyline. This is where they got it. <laughs> All right, I'm not against Wardlow beating up 20 jobbers just because Wardlow will look strong beating up 20 jobbers. But I really don't need the storyline about a goddamn lawsuit because it's just silly, carny shit that a lawsuit would be solved in the ring. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, it's like it's because if he's going after the TNT title, right? At this point, the like the lawsuit and everything now, even more so now, feels like a like a stupid side thing that just doesn't need to happen. Right. Yeah. No, it really just feels like another way to make him look strong, and he already looks strong enough. I think it's he already, yeah. He doesn't need it. He's already he's good. Move on. If you're ready to put the title on him, especially with Scorpio Hurt, do that. Yeah. I don't believe for a second Shawn Michaels' legs would be powerful enough to flip uh, Davy Boy over that quickly. <laughs> go, Shawn, go! I was, um... 
just looking through Facebook and I saw a thing about the uh, infamous Shawn Michaels throwing Jannetty through the play class window. And I had forgotten on commentary, Bobby Heenan had said that Jannetty was a coward that tried to escape through by jumping through the window. <laughs> uh, I forget sometimes how much for genius he was. Oh, that's pretty great. <laughs> right? Let's take another look at this. Oh, beautiful. Uh, Shawn Michaels was embarrassed by getting a subpoena served to him. So I'm only picking this up from uh, from the commentary. Did you pick up why there's a subpoena and a lawyer involved in his wife? I no, didn't... not not entirely. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think they're trying to claim maybe that Michaels was like making advances towards her and whatnot. Okay, that sounds familiar. That might be what they were doing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow that was just to get a world title shot for Davey. Yeah. Honestly, I think all of this is really just a uh, – it's it's just uh, Michael's running through Camp Cornette. So they start with this, and then I think Owen might get a shot at one point. And then after that's when he gets what you're actually building towards at SummerSlam is him versus Vader, mm-hmm. um, which we've already watched. We'll probably watch again when we get to it, but it does not work out well for Vader. Yeah. Nice headlock, Michaels. Can we do something with the headlock? No? We're just, okay, we're just going to stand there. There you go. Give him a few minutes. <laughs> it's just the logic of somebody as strong as Davy Boy can't get out of the headlock from that position is really stupid. Yeah. Nicely probed. That one wasn't as good. There you go. There's your face champion, just like Hogan. Go ahead and just poke an eye. <laughs> Man, like, I know there's problems with this era of Shawn Michaels, but he was so goddamn fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you, you... I feel like it's hard to, because especially since it is like the 90s and everything, it's mm-hmm. hard to remember just exactly like, just how good he was back then, you know? Right. Like, if this Aaron Michaels was around now, the shit that he'd be doing with, like, Darby Allen and people like that is just unbelievable. Like, yeah. you can just see how he was slowing himself down to work the style that was in at the time, basically. Yeah. Oh, short arm scissors. There we go. I feel like a lot of this, sometimes it's Michaels is trying too hard to be Bret Hart White. He's always going for the hold that, you know, isn't what he's known for. 
But yeah. this era, that's what he does a lot. Just a bunch of people in the crowd. Are they going to bring back out Sable, or is this it? <laughs> I mean, we can beat traffic. I mean, Diana's pretty for a Canadian, but let's be honest here. She yeah. is Canadian. Yeah, which means she has no soul. Right. And she doesn't understand how bacon is supposed to be prepared. That's true. Doesn't have to look like a hockey puck. Also, that's why uh, British people can marry Canadians, because they both have fucked up ideas of bacon. Yeah. Checks I, don't, I don't know what was actually said on commentary, but the word tulip just showed up randomly on my um, closed they, they called Diana a, a sweet budding tulip. What, what the fuck is that? Who knows? Uh, I'm sure Vince loved it, whatever it was. God damn, Davy Boy was strong. Because, yes, Sean was a smaller guy for that time, but he is, like, bigger than most heavyweights are now, and Davy Boy did that easily. Yeah. I love Jerry Lawler. He just uh, said that Marty Jannetty said that when they were uh, teaming together, Sean would always go for the married woman. <laughs> Which, by the way, I could 100% believe that's actually true. Like, if someone yeah. told me that story out of context, I would be like, oh, yeah, no, makes sense. Yeah, I'd believe it. Crowd, I think, is a little bit bored. I think they're all trying to fight Owen at this point. <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, he's got a weapon on his hand there, that cast. It's no joke. Yeah. Oh, man. When they make the uh, the video game Owen Hart, there better be a skin where he has a cast on his arm. That would I mean, be so cool. It would be, but I don't think that's going to happen. Well, guess what I'm going to do if I can if I can change it in the game. He's going to have a fucking cast on his arm. I I just you can't not do it. It's like uh well, it's like Bob Orton without a cast on his arm. I get it, but at the same time, like the Owen Hart you're going to see in the AEW game is like a pre a pre WWE Owen Hart. It's going to be like a. Indie, like a Canadian wrestling Owen Hart. Or New Japan, yeah. Or New right. Japan, neither one. I guess it'll really come down to what kind of, like, create systems they have. Because, like, if, if they have the online ability like the WWE games do, people will quickly mob the shit out of it. Right. Um, but I guess it'll all depend on what they can do because they have to build all that stuff from scratch. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Also, it's like, I don't know. I know it's supposed to be a good game and everything, but it's their first game. So I'm really, I'm not trying, I'm trying extremely hard not to put too much hype on it. Yeah. No, like, I I'm mean, trying to, I, I'm trying to think realistically. 
Yeah, I'm keeping in mind, like, and it's a different situation, different amount of money, but I'm remembering yeah. the Impact Wrestling game, which was good, but it was so limited in moves because they had to do everything from scratch, like I said, that literally had maybe a dozen moves overall in the game. So, right. shit like I don't that. that bad, but it's going to be, like, I just don't, don't expect greatness, you know what I mean? Yeah. Still going to try and pre-order it if I can. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, I'm sure it'll be all right. Just enjoy it for what, it, like, we just have to remember to enjoy it for what it is, basically. Yeah. Honestly, at this point, it'll just be fun to play a wrestling game, even though the new WWE game looks, or has been all the things I've seen it says it looks good. I'm just like, eh, I don't want to give Vince my money. So, yeah. That's why I'm just waiting. Oh, I can't believe. Michael's found a way to power out of that. By the way, I had an idea, um, and you're going to obviously be invited to be part of this, but I thought this was a really fun idea. Just as a random one-off thing that uh, DJ Madman and I can do, I think it'd be really fun for him to sit down and watch uh, 2005's One Night Stand ECW. uh, Just because. I was, uh, yeah, I don't know why. I just feel like there's there's literally no build up to it. Really, it's it literally is just a love letter to the original CW. He has no re- frame of reference, and I just think it'd be really fun to show that to him and you know have our audience oh. experience through his eyes. Yeah, yeah. It might be. I just remember it being really good because even back then I didn't have a big ECW knowledge base, and I really enjoyed the hell of it. The Sandman entrance by itself is something I think everybody should see. <laughs> Jerry Lawler still reporting what Marty Jannetty told him about Shawn Michaels. <laughs> oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Good God. <laughs> the three little words that Shawn Michaels hated to hear from women. Honey, I'm home. Uh, yeah, where is old Jimmy, Jim Boy, Cornette? Jim, Jimster, the Jimbo, Jimothy, if you will. Granddaddy shit take. Uh Uh, he's probably out back eating a cheeseburger. Probably. I've got this hot take on AEW. I hate it. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, Jesus. That was a bad fall for Michaels. I hope they show replay because I think what happened was uh, uh, Davey Boy was trying to hit him in the gut for, you know, a flipping knee. And I think Michaels might have hit his head yeah. on Davey Boy's knee. I don't know, but I, it almost looked like he tripped. Also, yeah, like, it almost looked like he tripped him. I mean, Michaels is fast enough that he could have done that on purpose, for all we know. But I, I don't yeah. know. It's hard to tell. Okay, here we go. Let's see. No, no, from this is angle, a straight up miss. Yeah, from that angle, it just looks like he tripped a little bit. Yeah. I, honestly, if I were in the truck, I would have left it on the first angle because it looked better. Yeah. 
Still a nice spillbury outside. Mike. Sean, you have to get up. You're my only source of money at this point. Jose, is that you? Hold on, give him a minute. Jesus, he almost died. Come on, Sean. Come on, Davy boy. You know to be a good guy about this. Oh, he's going to go for the final forearm. Close enough. I'm going to count that as a phenomenal forearm. Yeah. Why not? That way I can say AJ Styles stole everything from Shawn Michaels. Ducks down. Oh. Oh. Diana, I think, is concerned. She looks slightly worried, I guess. That might be the emotion she's trying to portray as humans do. Fucking Canadian. I mean, she's no Mrs. Dad, but she's got talent, I guess. <laughs> Oh my god, they were gonna get the kip up. Any kip up? Uh, oh my hey. god. Oh now she looks upset. Now she looks worried. Hey Sean, what if you uh, hit him with an elbow from off the top after you did that power slam? Just gonna say it. Oh, uh, no, this is before. I think this might be before he got the elbow. The elbow feels like a 2004 edition or something like that. Like no. after his comeback to me. I don't think. I know he could hit an elbow. I just don't think he hit it as often before he came back from his uh, retirement. Hmm. I guess we can keep an eye on it throughout his title reign here and see if he does it more often. Oh, for the love of God. So sometimes people ask me, hey, why are the referees uh, so beat up after their careers? Well, let's take a look. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. (laughs) David Boy hit him hard enough. By the way, he's hitting the elbow, so clearly I'm full of shit. Uh, David Boy hit him hard enough so he cleared the ring without having to do anything. That's awesome. Like even back then, Earl's not exactly considered a youngin. No, he'd been doing this since like the mid eighties at this point, so he's at least in his forties, if not older. Well, Owen was not as sneaky as he wanted to be there. Oh god, oh god, oh god, is Earl dead? Oh god, oh god. Oh. I checked, he's breathing, so I'm gonna continue to be referee. What the f- Oh, 
Well, this is all over. Here comes the power slam. Yep. German! That was actually wow. a really nice German. I can't believe he won with it, but that was also yeah. a really nice German. What? Oh, both shoulders were down. They're going to do that fucking thing. Huh. Yeah. But of course, it's not the original referee because in this case, that actually matters when it actually doesn't. Right. Too bad that Davey just couldn't stay away from the crack. Yeah. Also, Earl wasn't in the fucking ring to even see the shoulders. Why is his opinion matter in this situation? Should be Mike Yoda. You're not wrong. Uh, way, great way to start the new generation. Just with some nice old-fashioned southern wrestling controversies. She really doesn't want these South Carolina people touching her. That's why she looks so upset right there. I don't blame her. Thank God, Grill Monsoon's here. Oh, thank God. Everybody, it's okay. Grill is here. Don't worry, everybody. Gino's here. It's okay. <laughs> He'll sort this out. So I think, because I'm trying to remember how this whole thing plays out overall. So this controversy leads to Gino reversing the decision or restarting the match one to do. This is what leads to him and Vader having a thing leading up to Vader's whole SummerSlam thing with Michaels. Because Cornette's not happy with this decision, so he kind of sicks mm-hmm. Vader on Gorilla Monsoon. Um. So many people in the ring. I don't, I don't want to be depressing, but it is depressing how many people in that ring are dead right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like to focus on it, but occasionally it hits me, and it's just sad. Well, the close captions make it hard for me, but I would say all four shoulders are down. It's like every time British Bulldog gets in the room, Shawn Michaels, he almost wins the Royal Rumble in 95. (laughs) This world title match. The World Wrestling Entertainment Championship. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they just set up a rematch by making this little fuck finish. It's almost as, like, it makes sense, but it's almost as bad as a WCW finish. Mm. Yeah, it really is. Like, they're doing it more with more competence. Like, it's not all over the place where you have to try and work the math out for yourself. 
but it's still a weird, screwy finish for no reason. Especially when it looked like for a second they were just going to do the rematch right then and there and now, and then all of a sudden they all just leave the ring. Right. Not to mention the fact that this is Michael's first title defense and this is how you're starting his reign. Yeah. Yeah, not the greatest. Yeah, there's no doubt that all four shoulders were to the mat. I mean, I guess it depends. Because, like, it's always a wrestling uh, rule. um, Like, by the whoever's looking at it, I don't know if it's supposed to be shoulder blades or, like, the top of your shoulders that have to be down. Because if it's shoulder blades, then Michaels was up. Like, he was basically up on his neck. Yeah. Oh, yes, everybody came out and spent their money to see an exciting tie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is only in your house. Somebody gives a fuck. Yeah, sure. Yep, so we're going to go into night two and get to see the other matches that should have happened before uh, the world title match we just watched. So Yeah. Yeah, so the build-up to this is pretty simple. Uh, Ted DiBiase basically said that if... Um, What's his name? If Salvio Vega can beat Stone Cold Steve Austin, he would leave uh, the WWF. If Vega lost, he had to be uh, Ted DiBiase's chauffeur. I guess they still got enough video to show you what happened. They're just going to redo the match, but admit that it already happened. Huh. Oh, okay. And then after Raw is when he added the stipulation about leaving. All right. Not to give everybody a heads up on what's happening, but there is a certain money man that shows up to help the NWO in a few months. I don't want to really give it away too much. Hmm. Okay, so for anybody that's never seen a strap match, which I can't imagine too many people listening to this wouldn't have, um, it's pretty simple. They're going to be tied at the wrist with a leather strap that pretty much goes as far uh, across as the ring. And to win, you have to hit all four turnbuckles in succession. Uh, and you can use the strap as a weapon or whatever. But, yeah, the only way to win, I think, is by hitting it. Or did they say pinfalls and submissions? Actually, I just uh, realized. I didn't read it in time. Uh, I didn't either. I just want to find out because you can do it by pinfalls and submissions, but most of the time, these type of matches, the rule is hitting all four corners. Yeah. And that's how I remembered this match. So. Yeah, so clearly you can see the crowd did change, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, the entire, like, the layout, yeah. Oh, look, it's Tim White. I love Tim White. Tim White's my, one of my favorite referees of all time. He's the first referee I think I ever saw that did the spot where, like, he stands up to the uh, the heel wrestler by, like, kicking their foot off or kicking their hand off the rope when they're holding the rope for more leverage. Oh. 
Yeah, like 94, I remember seeing him do that. I've always said this. I feel like this feud right here, Austin and Vega, is actually um, one of his one of Steve Austin's least uh, appreciated feuds early on. Mm-hmm. I think him and Savio Vega really got Austin ready to go after Bret Hart. That's just my opinion. I might be wrong, but that's what I've always I can thought. See it. Steve, you can't let him have that much of the strap. He's going to hurt you with it. (laughs) Salvia Vega gets knocked down, but he gets up again. You're never going to keep him down. I was expecting you to be like, what the hell did I just say? Yeah, no. Fine, whatever. I'll just keep making more. At, at this point, nothing you say surprises me, really. I'll just keep making '90s music references for no reason. I mean, you might as well, really. Back body drop. Ooh, that was close. Careful, Steve. Jeez. I think, so this is a weird moment where I don't know. He's not Stone Cold. Actually, he might be. He is Stone Cold Steve Austin at this point, but he still has the Million Dollar Championship. And it might be a little bit before he's actually come up with the stunner. Like, I think he's still using the Million Dollar Dream as his finish. Oh. Yeah, because King of the Rings when Austin 316 and all that's born, but that's not that far off. So I think most of it's already in place. Oh, God. So much leather. Yeah, so they're already calling him Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. I still, to this day, I like, I. it's a happy accident, really, because Stone Cold Steve Austin is such a cool name. But I don't understand how, because I know where he got the inspiration for the Stone Cold moniker. I don't understand how that translates to the character he ended up playing. Like, yeah. Like, because um, anybody that doesn't know, it was he was watching one of the documentaries on HBO where the Iceman Ted Kaczynski was talking about how he, you know, killed people and and how his demeanor kind of inspired Austin to try and do something like that. But. Even in its early stages, I don't see anything about that character in Stone Cold. Like, it's just, I don't know. He never pulls off that, the way that guy actually sounded. Okay, yeah, they have to hit the four turnbuckles. Uh-oh. That was not a good place for him to put his arm. Nope. Come on, I do not want to go down south and make much, much more money for no work. That's the last thing I want. Didn't you hear me say down south? 
Yeah, do you know what those people look like? We were just in South Carolina. <laughs> I mean, we're still in Charleston, so it's not that much better. No, it's South Carolina. Ugh. Basically, anywhere that it's flare country, you don't really want to be there for long term. Charleston is South Carolina. I know. I was just saying, in general, any place you call flare country, you don't want to be. Well, I mean, that's fair. You want to be in Charlotte. You don't really want to be in Virginia. Ooh, nice shot. Whip him. Whip him good. Oh, he can whip real good. I think there's supposed to be another match after this strap match, but I can't remember what it is. Maybe it's not because we're already an hour in and it's only an hour and 50, but there might be another match that I'm forgetting. I would imagine there should be one more. Yeah. Oh my god. He's gonna hang him. Savio, no. Well, that's just cheating. If you sit on the rain apron, how's it supposed to kill you? I don't know why no one's ever tried to just uh, like hogtie their opponent with the strap and then take it off your wrist and just go hit the turnbuckles. I mean, isn't it te isn't technically you're not supposed to take it off your wrist? Yeah, I guess so. But in all the years of WCW screw finishes, no one ever tried it. I mean, he's going to try the hogtying part, but he's not going. Now he's going to drag him around instead of taking it off. I guess this is close enough to my idea, but it seems like a lot more work than just taking, like tying them up like a, a calf or whatever. Mm. <laughs> Austin's like, yeah, this would be really cool if I dragged him around the ring. Guess what? I'm already tired of doing it to one. That doesn't count. He already hit that one. Get him, Savio. You're a pure dynamite, Savio Vega. No? No one? Damn it, someone out there in this world, someone would laugh at that joke. Nope. Come on. What if I had said he's pure TNT? Would that have been better? No. Uh, I think I, I think I'm pretty much just not appreciating my time. I, I can, I can see that. <laughs> uh, I think we're supposed to believe that somehow there wasn't enough strap that Austin had to come over with him. 
But I don't think that's how that worked yeah, out. I don't. Oh, man. Let's take a look, actually. They're going to show us replay. Yeah, no. I, it, he had to have just, like, dumped himself out. I mean, at least the camera angle didn't make it, like, too obvious. No, yeah, the camera angle's fine with it. It looked cool. Uh-oh. Suplex! Oof. He almost touched that old man's penis. Almost. I'm not going to explain why I said that. If you're not watching along and don't know who I was talking about, you should be watching along when we do these. Because you never know where an old man penis might be touched. An old man Penn Island. And if I uh, didn't want us to be harder to search for, I'd probably make that the title of this episode. Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Back off! Back off! Don't worry, folks. Stone Cold is much better than you think he'd be. Oh. <laughs> See? See how bad that sounds, Chair? Maybe the, maybe it's just I remember that they did some hog tying in this match, and that's why I said that. Like, just in the back of my brain, I remember that part of this match. Yeah, go in and pull on Austin's knees. The one thing he do, he can afford to use up is his <laughs> knees. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Come on, Steve. Don't you want me here for the rest of your career? Oh, thank God. You're not going to go anywhere without me. We both know that. Yeah, no. Like, what was he after Ted DiBiase? Nothing. Exactly. Oh, I looked like him right across the throat. Hmm. Now he's going full MJF with the leather strap weapons. Uh oh. Oh boy. You can tell that they're like doing a lot of safe shots with the belts because I'm not seeing a lot of welts on Steve Austin, to be honest with you. Yeah. Absolutely. Which makes me wonder like, how do you do a safe shot with the belt? Because it looks like he's hitting them with it, but it's just, the welts would be showing up by now if he had. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They've definitely taken enough shots. I think that's one of those things like Austin watches like a, a strap match or whatever. Is like, you know, there's a way to work that so you don't have to like make your whole body a giant welt. With all these like, young... I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, but and Cody Rhodes is like, fuck you, old man. I'm going to be one giant welt all the time. <laughs> They're going to call me Cody Giant Welt Rhodes. Don't give Vince any more ideas.
Man, that Judgment Day thing does bother me just the way the storyline worked out. Because on paper, a team of Finn Balor, Rhea Ripley, and uh, Damian Priest in like a weird supernatural, you know, storyline thing, that all sounds great. But the way it, it just sort of threw edge to the curb after only two months is really I, weird. So dumb. It makes no sense. I I genuinely hate it. Like, have you heard the rumors on why it happened? No. So the rumor is that they wanted to take that group into more of a supernatural, like, you know, Wyatt Family Undertaker vein, and Edge was against it, and because he was against it, they basically kicked him out of Judgment Day, the writers. That's so stupid. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. That's their cheat talk, but if it is, that's a really stupid, you know, idea. I mean, I hate the WWE, so. You know who I love? Ted DiBiase, because the man is acting his heart out out there. Yeah. This is a really good strap match. (laughs) Yeah, it's been pretty solid so far. Okay, here we go, Steve. All I got to do is hit all four turn buckles. I mean, technically, you have a sleeper as your finish. You could just put him asleep in the middle of the ring, and then it should be pretty easy just to walk around and hit all four turn buckles. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh, God. Dude choked out. <laughs> Thanks for telling us, JR, that it's all legal for him to choke another human being. I think, well, maybe I'm wrong. We'll see what they end up doing. I think this finish has, like, one of my favorite finishes for a strap match because it kind of adds to the drama the way they did it. Mm-hmm. But I might be wrong. I might, they might be thinking of a different match. Oh. Oh, okay. cheap shot. Come on. Got to have some kind of honor there, Steve. Can't just low blow people. What would uh, Sir Stephen Regal think? Yeah. Also, you really should stop doing that pile driving move. Oh, God. Jesus. They really shouldn't have shown it from that angle. From the first angle, it looked like he almost was about to die. Yeah. Austin, what are you doing? What are you doing there, Austin? Maybe don't do that. 
what the fuck? Makes it worse than even hit him. Take that, Darby Allen. Hit him with the hat. Hit him with your chauffeur hat. Oh, oh, Steve, no. I mean, seems like a very tiring way to win this match by carrying Austin around with you. Right? Are about to see Salvia Vega's ass? If it were Triple H, the answer would That's three. Oh, God. Just one more. Oh! That was actually good timing. Wouldn't you agree? That it was good timing? Hello? Hello? Mr. Gil? Oh, there you are. Okay. Sorry, my phone went to power save mode. I don't know how long it's been since anybody's been able to hear me. Um... Uh... A minute, not that long. All right. Like it went to screensaver, and I didn't realize that stopped it from recording, but luckily it didn't stop you, so that's good. Yeah. One more. Here we go. Oh, one more pile driver. I thought you meant one more turnbuckle. <laughs> that's how you win a match. God. Here we go. He finally remembered he knows how to do a sleeper. Oh, yeah, that's how I do this. I think the Million Dollar Dream might be my favorite sleeper. Um... Also, you might want to cinch up on the sleeper a little bit. Especially because you're not even putting any pressure on the crowded artery, it looks like. No, he's just hanging on. Although... It's yeah. doing the job. Yeah, Salvio's acting is pretty good. There we go. That looks better. There it is. That looks a lot sleep. better. Sleepy sleep time, Salvio. Oh. So many people countered his sleeper like that. Nobody ever did that to Ted DiBiase, I'll tell you. Let's 
See, the problem is no one's figured out yet what Orange Cassidy did, that you need a pillow and a blanket. That's how you put people to sleep. Yeah, that's how it's done. Yeah, th this might, I don't know. I'm still trying to think what that last match is going to be, but this is taking such a long time. Not bad, not in a bad way, but it is a long match. Maybe this yeah. is the only match. I don't think you're allowed to strangle people. Well, I guess you are. Yeah, you are. Okay. Oh, by the way, this this is very much Chad Kaczynski. There, like, there's a story he told about hanging somebody pretty much exactly like that. Uh, for anybody that's interested in true crime stuff, he got mad because he saw some drunk guy pissing outside of a bar, like on the street. So he took a clothes hanger, like a clothesline, down and tied it around the guy's neck and hung him off his back until he died. Because he would just kill people because they made him angry. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's the guy Stone Cold wanted the base character after. And again, besides the choking right here, I don't um, I don't know if he ever succeeded. And they are doing the ending that I was thinking about. I really do like the classic drama of like Savio's hit all three and Austin didn't see them. Oh my god, will they, won't they? Oh no! No! Oh, how could it be? Uh, Trillionaire Ted, I mean Ted DiBiase, has been thrown out of the WF forever. Uh, well, come on guys, you put Austin in a Caribbean strap match, how is he going to win against somebody named Savio Vega? That's fair. Now, if you put him in, like, a Texas strap match, maybe. Yeah, then he's got a chance. But you have to have a cowbell for one of those. Yeah. But yeah, no, so um, storyline-wise, this was all just to get Ted DiBiase out, give him his, you know, reason to leave. And uh, yep. him and 123Kid are out the door basically right after this. And the next time you're going to see them is in the NWO. So. Also, this song, this might be the first time it's ever done on WWE TV, the na-na-na-na song. Um, yeah. That's done because Vince McMahon finds that song hilarious. That is why you see it over and over again, because Vince just loves the song. I really wish... Uh, even though I don't want to give him any more money, I really wish Vince would write a book because I'd love to know why the fuck he thinks the way that he thinks. He's such a weird dude. I always knew I'd end my career in Charleston, South Carolina. <laughs> so yeah, the original, again, this is something that everybody should keep in mind when it comes to the NWO as far as like what they were supposed to be. Originally, he wasn't brought in to be a manager for the NWO. The whole point was to bring him in as the NWO's personal color commentator, and he would have done the NWO shows if they had done a brand split with Eric Bischoff. That was the whole plan for him. Um didn't work out that way. He only got to do like one pay-per-view and a handful of nitros, uh, but that was the idea. 
Look, Shawn Michaels doesn't know how to use a computer because <laughs> he's a loser. I really don't know what else is left on this pay-per-view. I'm very interested to see what happens. Oh, hey, yeah, it's Vader time. Oh, no, it's Vader time. What? I love it when it's Vader time. The Battle of the Behemoths. So it's Vader versus Jim Cornette? Yep. This might be where we get our like one and only Yokozuna Vader match. Oh, maybe. <sighs> Which, I mean, I love Vader and I do love Yokozuna if that's what we're going to see, but there's no way they're going to be able to follow Austin and Vega right there. They should have gone first. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's going to be Yoko versus Vader, which is going to be interesting because I honestly don't remember the singles match between them. Well, based on the time that's left, I don't think it's going to be that long. <laughs> I don't, Based on the time in Yoko Zuna's career, I don't think it could possibly be that long. That's fair. going to be an old-time slobber knocker. That's one of the reasons I love, um, at some point, DJ Madman and myself will also do WrestleMania 9. It's one of the reasons I love WrestleMania 9, because you get to hear Bobby Heenan call something with Jim Ross for, like, the first time ever. So when Jim Ross pulls out, like, slobber knocker, Bobby Heenan's reaction to it is hilarious. <laughs> just makes me laugh when I think about it. Here we go. Behemoths go at it. Jesus Christ, Vader. You can you can work a punch. I, I don't you know what? I don't think you can. <laughs> you might be right. Nobody ever taught Vader how to ever work a punch. I did randomly hear the story uh uh on like TikTok from uh, uh Road Dog about working with Vader, and he talked about how Vader every night would just beat the living shit out of him. And then, like, Vader and uh, Road Dog called his brother, Brad Armstrong, who had worked with Vader in WCW. He was like, man, he's just kicking the shit at me. What can I do? And Brad was like, punch him as hard as you fucking can. He's like, are you serious? Like, he's going to kill me. But he did it anyway. And after that, Vader was much nicer to him. So apparently <laughs> the, the secret was just to punch Vader in the face as hard as you could. And that's how he got his respect. Which explains why he and Mick Foley were such good friends and worked so well together. That's terrifying. Yeah. Because I wouldn't want to punch Vader in the face. Well, at this point in his career, I think Yoko's going to have trouble getting out of that uh, squat position. Right. Like, 94, Vader versus Yokozuna, this match might have been, like, the greatest big match, big man match in wrestling history. Yeah. What the fuck? What kind of wimp is he? Uh, Vader bitching out a little. Well, I mean, Jim Cornette's here. It makes everybody kind of a bitch. That's fair. Oh, hot take, guys. AEW sucks. Huh? 
I'm sure, like, I haven't seen anything, but I'm sure he's just full of nothing but praise for the uh, Battle Royal and the way they're handling the interim title. Now, I told you, he actually had a legitimately good plan for how they could have got out of that, but they in no way got close to his plan or any of our plans. So we're just going to have to see what they end up doing. It would be interesting. Like, I'm assuming it's going to be John Moxley now. It would be interesting to put the interim title on a New Japan guy. It would be very interesting. I was thinking that too. If like they just it, it went to Tanahashi, like Tanahashi ends up winning, and right. the ace of New Japan ends up being the world champion for AEW, right? And he like he can stay on for a while, and we just wait for her Punk to get back to have that match that was scheduled. Yeah, I mean it's a way to go. I don't think I my brain tells me that's not likely, but I guess right. we'll find out. Yeah, I feel like that's not going to be what happens. And they're really trying to do as little as possible to make sure they can save what physicality they can do. They really are. (laughs) Vader and Yoko, everybody. I I got back to the match we're actually watching. Come on, Vader. Do it for your son. Do it for Frankie. Boy Meets World reference for anybody that's been watching or listening to our Boy Meets World episodes. That have nothing to do with our device. Yep. This would have been just a few months after he fought Jake the Snake, or before. It wasn't. It wasn't a real storyline, so it could be anywhere in '96, basically. Again, Vader. He doesn't have a fucking helmet on his head. Jesus Christ! You're acting like he needs one. <laughs> I really should go back. I say this a lot about New Japan, but I really should go back and watch his stuff in New Japan, especially against Stan Hansen. That would be interesting. Yeah. That is, I mean, we did some New Japan stuff with him, but we never deep dove into like Stan Hansen stuff with Vader in New Japan. Yeah. Did we ever do, I don't think we did, because we, um, well, I had the thought of doing a uh, trilogy where we did WCW Vader. We never did that, right? Mm. Like we did WWF Vader, and then we did New Japan Vader, and then I don't think we ever went back to do WCW yet. Have we? I'm pretty sure we did. Didn't we do a sworn? I don't know because we've we've seen Vader in WCW. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I'll double check it. If we have it, maybe we'll put that on the like whiteboard for the near future. Okay, because that would be fun. Look for some good WCW matches, maybe against Sting. And uh, I think Ron Simmons would be another good pick. Mm-hmm. Yoko, we love you. For the love of God, please get in shape. You should not be out of air by now. I just realized Mr. Fuji's not there. I miss Mr. Fuji. What are you going to do, Mike Kyoto? Seriously, like, if they don't want to stop hitting each other, what the fuck are you going to do to stop them? Hey. 
God damn it. Jesus. <laughs> That's how you work a punch. You just don't. You just don't do it. Pull the hammy. Pull the hammy. Rock bottom. Rock bottom. I mean, yeah. I mean, technically, doesn't that make uh, Rock the ripoff of Yokozuna? Yeah. Uh, it's it's okay when it's family. <laughs> so that means Roman Reigns could start using the people's elbow anytime he wants? Yep, basically. Yeah. Oof. Nice back body or a small drop on the other side. Yes, that was a Samoa drop. Why would a Japanese man use a Samoan drop, you ask? Well, shut up. <laughs> and I was such a mark, like a little mark when I was a kid. I never questioned uh, Yokozuna being anything but Japanese. It's so fucking obvious, but I was like, I was so easy to fucking sell. I was like, I never questioned it. I mean, to be fair, I was the same way when I was a kid. Yeah. I think a lot of us were, which is why wrestling worked for kids. Still does. What are you doing to Uncle Jimmy? Jimbo. Oh, that explains the storyline of why he wasn't there for the British Bulldog at the first part, because he would have technically been planning for this match. Oh, yeah. Which doesn't really make sense because even if uh, British Bulldog wasn't your main guy in your faction, he was the one with the world title shot, which makes him the bigger priority. Right. Don't worry, we're going to see Jim Cornette die right here. I wonder if Jim would want to take the bonsai from Yokozuna or fall off that scaffolding again. Still almost got his head squashed. Almost. Uh oh. Oh god, not the knee. Not the knee. It's the Vader bomb. Oof. And his feet are clearly under the ropes. I mean, right. at least, at least if you cared about the storyline, because it was a big deal at the time. At least you got a singles one-on-one thing between them at some point. Yeah, that's fair. It wasn't horrible as far as like Yokozuna matches of the time went, but it still wasn't as good as you would want it to be, based yeah. on how athletic both these guys were at different points. Well, Vader off to bigger and better things. I'm sure his feud with Shawn Michaels will be nothing but gold. Oh, absolutely. And that'll be the last time Yokozuna ever, even technically, finishes a pay-per-view as the final uh, match. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So the, the King of the Rain is right around the corner. Like, we're about to hit Austin 316. 
which by the way, I don't know what's going to be up against it when it comes to the uh, NWO stuff that's happening, but it's going to be a tough contest as far as pay-per-view versus pay-per-view doing the Austin King of the Ring and uh, uh, whatever the hell is going on with the NWO at that point. It might be the first close call, really, as far as pay-per-view quality. Yeah, June 23rd. That would be the next pay-per-view after this one. Yep. Alrighty, so that should be about it. I don't know if there's anything else. Let's see what else happens before they end up, and then we can discuss which one of these two pay-per-views we like better. Hmm. Trying to think back. I don't actually... This one is closer than most, I would say. Yeah. Because the battle battle for the rain was a slog, but it wasn't horrible. It was just not well thought out as a concept. It was really not well thought out. But giving DDP the win is a really good idea and really showing them going towards the future or trying to. Right. I don't know. But this one, like, this was not that great either. But overall, the matches were better. If you, like, put the strap match, Michaels and uh, British Bulldog. Vader got a buy in the King of the Rain, apparently. Oh, yeah, because this is when Warrior fucking no-showed, I think. And that's that's towards the end of him getting fired again. Mm. Um, Oh, yeah, Vader beat Ahmed, so he got a buy. So Vader's in the semifinals. Yeah, I mean, we all. Oh, there's another match. Cool. Oh shit. Yeah, I think I think now that I know this match is on this card, I feel like this is going to tip the scales. Even though it's a weird pay per view because it's kind of disjointed. Um, I'm gonna get. I might give it to this just because I know what this match is. Oh. So. Huh. Yeah. Casket match with Gold Dust and the Undertaker. Yeah, because Mark Merrow and Triple H was good. There wasn't, there hasn't been really a bad match. Even Vader and Yoko, though, it wasn't like perfect. It was pretty good. It was all right. Yeah, for it was fine for what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna call it now. I'm gonna say, um, even without seeing this match, because I know the storyline of this is building. Um, I think this might be the better pay per view. Poor Jim. Poor old Jimmy Jim Jim Jim. Look at that dastardly Owen Hart using his cast. Is it an Ahmed and Cold Dust match? Because then it's a different match than I remembered, but it still might be good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making Dusty proud. Mm-hmm. By the way, nothing wrong with it except for it was being done completely to make him a bad guy because he was supposed to be quote unquote gay. That that's the problem with it, really. I honestly think that if um if Razor had been more cool with it, and if uh, Jesus, Keith Lee, calm down. Uh, 
if Razor had been more cool if he'd stay with the company, I think all of this, like all of his stuff that we've seen so far through Ahmed Johnson would have been all Razor Ramon. Yeah, probably. Like, all the Roddy Piper stuff, all that stuff, I think. And look at all the gold dust just falling down. I guess, by the way, if I was going to pick out women in wrestling as far as like preferences, you also have Melina with gold dust. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the only reason her character exists is because they stepped too close to the line for 1990s wrestling crowds as far as homosexuality. Yeah. <laughs> that and Vince started to think, hey, if we put youth women in the ring, oh good, it's not Anna Johnson. It's just for some reason all of the buildup was with Anna Johnson and now there's The Undertaker. Oh god. Seriously, from that video package, I have no idea why The Undertaker and Goldust are fighting. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> makes zero sense. Undertaker just taking some really hard stance on, you know, men kissing men, apparently. I don't know. That checks out. He is from Texas. Yeah. Not only that, but he's an older guy from Texas. Yeah. By the way, I in no way think that that's actually how the Undertaker thinks. I don't know, but I'll make sure that's very clear. That was just a joke. <laughs> I always forget how big a guy Goldust uh, Dustin is, really. Because like, you think of the Undertaker as a giant of wrestling, and then Goldust is basically the same size. Yeah. Uh, I'm such a fucking nerd. I would take Paul Bear as my manager over Melina. I know that's yeah. a stupid thing to say, but I love Paul Bear so much. I mean, it makes sense. For my personality alone, right? No, Especially I mean, just, I mean, he's the more, I mean, he's the much more successful manager. So why yeah. wouldn't you want someone who's going to lead you to a more successful like career? Also, because of who I am as a person, I don't think I could make eye contact or talk to Melina, but I could work out strategies with Paul Bear. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'm going to start dating again someday. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I was not good at it the first time. I mean, I got lucky, but we'll see what happens the next time. Well, I'm trying to think back to around this time. Was there uh -huh. ever, like, obviously this match is happening, but, like, was there ever really a big, like, Gold Dust Undertaker rivalry per se. 
uh, a little so bit. Feels it, like it should have been. Yeah, a little bit. It, like this is kind of the start of it, but what actually ends up happening—no spoilers—Goldust becomes a peripheral character to the Mankind Undertaker storyline. Um, like he's still around, but it's it becomes more focused on Mankind. Gotcha. Honestly, there was a lot more that could have been done with this with Goldust as a part of that story, but uh, they really were getting a lot of pushback with his character, you know, and the androgynous stuff. And just they really, like, you think that they kind of steered into it when you think of, like, the artist formerly known stuff later. But honestly, they were trying to pull back before that started to happen. Uh. Yeah, it's a weird time, really. I think if Goldust had shown up like in 98 with the original idea for Goldust, mm-hmm. um, even though it's a little more cartoony, I feel like it would have gone a lot further than it did because you would have had the freedom of the Attitude Era. Um, and like, but by the time you get to it, he's still there, but it ha- it's been changed and muted. So you don't get to do what they were originally planning on doing. Right, yeah. Plus the drug use. I mean, that's always a problem. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how we got to this match. I really don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Miss Q. Right now the crowds, um, if they were paying attention, would be chanting, you fucked up. You fucked up. Look at that. Look at that perfect tombstone pile driver. It's all over. Undertaker can't survive the tombstone pile driver. Uh-oh. Ooh, nice low clothesline. I didn't actually know what to expect him to do in that situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, he's in. Oh, he's in. It's all over. Oh, you shut the lid. Oh, 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 I'm back from the grave. I do like the look of the gold dust casket, but it's much too small. I really do prefer yeah. the deeper ones. I think I've said this before, but they actually got the caskets and stuff like those ones that look real. They got them because Paul Bear like had hookups in the funeral business, so yeah. he could just get them that, that equipment. Wait, is Goldust your kind of champion right now? No, he's he's a former champion. Okay, thank you. Yeah, The Undertaker's never been an Intercontinental Champion. I think that's actually still true. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, probably. I can't remember him ever holding it, even just as like a one-off. I know he had the hardcore title at one point. um, Mm -hmm. 
obviously multiple world champions and tag championships with like Kane and shit, but I don't think he's ever held the mid-card titles. It's because he's not mid. (laughs) Because like MJF says. Come on, Undertaker. Let's go, Taker. What a debacle. That was a video game reference. You're welcome. This guy. (laughs) I wish I had that video game for uh, Super Nintendo. No. Oh, sleeper. Into a side headlock, kind of? Nope, sleeper again. Okay. It's supposed to be a sleeper, but he's not in good position. Yeah. The Undertaker keeps flailing around. Goldust just has an American dream to be better. He just wants to be better than the common man. I'm trying to think of one about a plumber's, but it's really hard when you're not just going to say son of a plumber. I also hear hear that he's the older brother of a son of a plumber. (laughs) Did you, um, I don't know if you saw it in that shot, but did you see the steam coming off of Goldust because of how hot he gets in that costume? No. Like, if, if you guys want to, you can pause it here and go back. Um, but if you look, you can see the steam come off of him in the lights because he gets so hot in that fucking latex. And welcome back. Wasn't that crazy? I mean, you guys saw it, right? He's not dying. Jesus, okay. Good God. They, they broke the lid. They, they, yeah. Yep. Apparently, caskets aren't made to do that. Who'd have thunk? <laughs> and the referee's like, okay, how do we get this back on here? It's kind of important this thing has a lid for the match. And Tim White, who I think is the senior referee, he's like, that fuck it, just put back on there. Who cares? Good thing uh, Marlena wasn't sitting in that chair. Thanks, old guy that Steve Austin touched his penis earlier. You're very helpful. And this episode's got to be called Steve Austin Touches an Old Guy's Penis. I don't want to call it that for, like, you know, podcast search reasons and shit, but... Yeah, you shouldn't. That's the second time I brought it up. Yeah, but that's that's, that's on you. (laughs) That has more to say about you than anything else. I will... Okay, I'm going to think of a better title while while I put this together. But I want everyone listening to know the subtitle that everybody should be thinking is Steve Austin touched an old man's penis. I feel like that's a fair compromise on my part. Okay. No. 
All right, this one's generic, but also fun and kind of true. I'll call it two nights, twice the fun. Uh, uh, I would uh, call it like two nights, half the fun. Yours is better. Fine, we'll do yours. Yay! <laughs> you named one out of like the 300 episodes of podcasting that we've done. Yeah, I'm pretty good at this. I just think about all the future fans we're going to make in the giant back catalog they're going to have to go through. Because how do you get our deep inside jokes unless you listen to every episode we've done? The deepest of deep insides. Jokes. Yes, jokes. Yes, joke. Anything you can do. Uh-oh. You lost the glove. Undertaker lost the glove. By God. Oh, God. Oh, no, it's okay. He's putting it back on. What a maneuver. Sorry. Anybody missing the commentary? I just covered like 90% of it for you. That's fair. So, we'll see what's going to happen. But I feel like I know what's going to happen. This is one of those events, though. Wait for it. Yeah. No, nope. careful with the lid. Careful with the lid. Oh, there he is. Oh, my God. Oh. It's Mankind. But so this is one of those events that I, re- I remember. I remember the video of Mankind coming out of the coffin. But yeah. my brain kind of weirdly switches it where I think the casket should be on the other side of the ring. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like the arena in my memory is laid out completely different than what we're watching right now. Oh. I have the same problem with 1995's Royal Rumble. Like, it's just, I remember the arena looking completely different than it does. So, yeah, there's the, um, I don't think we've seen Mankind yet. This is the first time you get to see him on pay-per-view. Um, he's already been doing shit on Raw, doing his really cool uh, promos, like, you know, in, like, a sewer somewhere, um, you know, where he talks to his pet rat Benjamin or something. I can't remember what the name of the rat is, but it, those classic Mankind promos. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this storyline Mick Foley talks about a lot where he's like, there's a lot more that we could have done with me, Goldust, and Marina, but the powers that be really didn't want to continue to push that storyline, so it just sort of ended, and then we move into The Undertaker versus Mankind, which is why I said Goldust is kind of becomes peripheral to this storyline. Yeah, that's a shame, because that would have been really interesting. Yeah, because, like, Mankind will do promos going forward for the next couple of weeks where he'll, like, call Goldust Mommy, and it's, like, really creepy and weird and cool, but it um, doesn't really go anywhere because they decide to just take Goldust out of the picture. Mm-hmm. That's a shame. Also, Undertaker's showing once again that he's made of smoke. Uh, yeah. He's... Gone. By well, God, he's gone. I will say, um, I know exactly how they do that magic trick because it's pretty obvious to think about it, but yeah. the seam inside the casket, I can't tell you where the, the door is. One thing I don't um, like about it is Paul Bearer being surprised that he's missing it. I just kind of wish Paul Bearer would be like, oh yeah, of course he's gone. Yeah. 
Well, I think the idea is that like Paul Bear knows that he can disappear like that because he's done it before. But he's like, oh, not again, because the last time I had to bring him back and I had to deal with Ted DiBiase's bullshit of having his own Undertaker. It was a whole ordeal. Uh, so he's just he's kind of annoyed with the amount of work he has to do to get the Undertaker to come back. I guess that's fair. Um, yeah, so basically the big knock on this pay-per-view, I would say, is the, the disjointedness of the fact they had two parts. It really wasn't their fault, but that makes it feel right. disjointed. But all the matches are really good. There's not really a stinker among them. I think. Yeah, so I think overall, even though I didn't hate the uh, pay per view for WCW, the fact that that was such a long pay per view with so many random, unimportant tag matches that I got to give the edge. Also, remember every tag match was basically either a tag team that's normally together, still together, or a tag team that's normally together facing each other. Yeah, it became very formulaic by the end, and it, like like I said, the overall ending was good because it was a good push for DDP going forward. But yeah, yeah, I think storyline wise and execution, WWE definitely wins here as well. Um, like I said, we're gonna have to see when we get into the, especially when we get to the eighty-three weeks, you know, where WCW does beat WWE. If we agree with the fact that they should have been on top, is going to be more of the interesting thing. Yeah. Um, all right, so next week will be chaos at ringside, more AEW stuff, you know, all the stuff that's happening, uh, leading up to Forbidden Door. Um, we'll figure out what we're going to do after that. We don't really have any plans yet, but yeah, we'll just see what happens. Um, other than that, thanks, Derek Bowman, for the theme song. Follow us on Twitter at Chaos Pod Show. Follow me at Last Gilchrist One or on TikTok at Last Gilchrist. And you can also write the show. Any questions, comments, suggestions, because we're looking for show ideas to uh, chaospodshow at gmail.com. Um, yeah, just tell a friend about us. Let's get the word out there. If you're the like one or two percent that are listening in Germany, tell more people in Germany. I would love for us just for no reason to be the David Hasselhoff of podcast and would be you? really popular in Germany. Yeah. Um, that would like that would be the funnest thing in my life, just to be like, oh yeah, tell no, no friends. America, but Germany, we're huge. Tell all the wound friends is. No, uh, we will. We will do a whole Alex Wright Wunderkin episode if you guys are popular in Germany, which I'm sure that's all the Germans are looking for. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's about it. Did you have anything else you wanted to add, buddy? Um. Not me. You pretty much said it all. Everyone, keep watching. Tell friends. Especially in Germany. Especially in Germany. All right, have a good night, everybody. We will see you soon. You see. Stop.